0: Hi, my name is Trudy Rosquay, and I am the founder of Vitality 40+. I am not only a master personal trainer specialising in women's and children's physical health, but also a menopause ambassador who is passionate about spreading the word and breaking all those mystical taboos over the M-word. I have created a series of podcasts with a variety of guests, not only on women's health issues, but subjects that relate to men's health and well-being also, Unlocking all the answers to questions that you may have wanted to ask but unsure as to where to get the information.
1: Hi, and welcome to
0: another podcast for Vitality 40+. Well, today, I have a special lady who I've never met, apart from about mm, 10 minutes ago, Maria Luque. Yes. That's right, um, who I actually met through LinkedIn. And there we are, commenting away on the same posts. And I'm thinking, oh, this lady looks like we've got some very common passions. So we had a little chat offline and I said, oh, you must come on and do a podcast. So I'm not going to give her too much of an introduction because I normally do that, but I'm not going to today. So um, I'm going to welcome Maria and ask her to introduce
1: herself. Hi, Trudy. Well, it's been a pleasure to meet you five minutes ago and uh, <laughs> to know you. The beauty of social media and getting to really connect with people across the globe, which is amazing. Um, so just a little bit about myself. I am a... Uh, health science professor and fitness expert, like I've been a fitness expert for 20 years now and um, got my PhD in um, health sciences. And that's during, in that time frame. that's where I started honing in on menopause because I did my dissertation actually as a research study on how to evaluate or the impact of physical activity on quality of life. And that since then, so 10 years, it's been over 10 years now Um, I've really focused on just fitness movement and quality of life during the menopausal transition and beyond. And really how I came about that is it was very organic. Like I was just surrounded by women and friends and clients that were going through menopause and were having a hard time and fitness seemed to have worked like as they were working with me. And I was trying to just figure out what can we do to first of all, educate, because there's so much misinformation about what menopause actually is and some lifestyle changes or like things that we can do besides MHTs so or hormone therapy um, to possibly help through that transition. Cause we know it's a transition it eventually will end and you end up on the other end, but what do you do during that time? So that's where my passion started. And I've been doing that, you know, that's, that's been my focus for over a decade now.
0: Um, it's quite amazing because um, I should actually say that Maria is based in Austin, Texas, and she's telling me it's about thirty-five degrees and it's early in the morning there. And I'm sitting here and it's not; it's in the evening, and I'm quite cold. Um, <laughs> so we've we've sort of that's the start of it. But also to say that actually, uh, Maria, if you were talking about talking menopause ten years ago, yeah. now you certainly weren't in menopausal age ten years ago, unless I'm unless I'm very much mistaken.
1: No, I, I was not. I was in my late 30s, um, and, uh, but I had, you know, I had a lot of clients and I had friends that were either starting to have some symptoms or were right in the middle of it, and even some that, you know, were just about to hit that postmenopausal stage, and I mean, I'm a woman, so I thought, you know, when I was deciding on what I was going to do my dissertation on, I thought, this is, it's perfect. I'm going to eventually go through it, which now I'm in the throes of it. <laughs> um, you know, then why wouldn't I study something that is relevant, first of all, to me, and then secondly, to people that I care about that are now, like, that it's actually something that is affecting them. And so that's how, I, you know, it's been fascinating. It's been a fascinating, yeah, and well- especially because I'm, I'm in it now and I think that's how we also connected because I made a post (laughs) about I think that perimenopause is killing me or it's trying to kill me um and I'm you know I know about it I know this and and the beauty of it is that I know if I wouldn't have known this I would be really scared Uh, right now I do know and this is something that's I mean obviously uh, one of
0: my passions is education okay so mine um, I did a I did a coaching session yesterday uh, for a Jersey finance and it um, was there was about eight young girls. They were all under the age of like 30 at least. OK. And um, I was like, well, girls, I am so impressed you've come along because when I was your age, I didn't even know what the word menopause is. So at least you're sitting here listening. And, and the feedback at the end was like, oh, my goodness, we have really just like learned so much. And then one of the greatest comments was from one of the girls who said, if I had known what my mum was, if I had understood what my mum had been going through, then I would have been able to possibly be a little bit more empathetic towards her. And I thought, do you know what? You've just hit the net. It always makes me go goosey when I get things like that. Because I think, isn't that what this is all about? Because I certainly like you. I was a trainer 10 years ago. I was 45 I was no, that makes me a little bit older. No, I'm definitely a bit more than that. But I was 45 and I knew absolutely nothing about the menopause, which mm-hmm. in hindsight is horrendous. So it's, this is what I want to hear about now. So you've gone ahead, you've got your dissertation, you're going out training with women. Now, what do you find the biggest hurdle with women? And we'll, we'll generally average out 45, okay? So we'll just leave it at that rather than yep. getting into the, the minute tie. Um, what do you think the the biggest problem, hurdle, challenge is?
1: Well, I think the biggest hurdle for a lot of women is just to move, just to kind of find what to do, right? It's just uh, when we're looking about, and I'm talking movement specifically and fitness specifically, that the knowledge, of course, is the first hurdle, like just not knowing what the hormonal profile means, like what does that mean and how does it affect? Because I think when women actually realize just how important estrogen is and what it all affects, you know, and why things are happening, why there's a reason why belly fat tends to increase during menopause. Like there's reasons, right? There's a biological reason on why these things happen. And I think when women start understanding that there's a reason, first of all, it helps a little bit with the anxiety. I think when you understand what's happening, and secondly, when you realize that there's a good connection between fitness and physical activity and movement and some of those symptoms right it's just like we have well-established research that shows the benefit of just walking walking on depression and anxiety like those small things i think um a lot of times we tend to try to overcomplicate things like but i just don't know what you know it's like there's so much to do and so like little knowledge that it's almost like paralyzing so i think The biggest hurdle is to want to try to make fitness some part of your life if you're not already engaged which a lot of times the women that i work with are either they're not athletes like like, not like high performing athletes let's say that um they may have dabbled in fitness they may have dabbled in this and that but they've got into a rut because life has gotten in the way right and at this point in time when we're looking at the demographic right we're all in our 40s or 50s generally there's big things happening like professionally personally you know like there's a lot of things that happen on top of menopause so movement tends to be one of the least priorities and I think for me it's more the consistency of getting movement into like a sustainable fashion into people's life that is the main I think that and step number one, sustainable, I mean, uh, joyful movement.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's great. And it, you know, I suppose um, from being a, a, an absolute fit bunny and doing everything um, and then not doing anything and then coming back into it and now running your own business, or as you say, if you're still, if you've had been a late mom and you're looking after kids or you've suddenly got sick relatives, a, ailing relatives, it becomes a real issue. And, and um, I, I do think the mentality is very much, you know, um, oh, I haven't got, you know, we've both heard it, I haven't got time. And I always say, well, look, all it takes is half an hour earlier or you find that gap before you cook tea. If you put, you know, and we talk about organisation. I mean, I'm sure you are took the same to your clients about that organisation thing. if You've got food and you've got it in the oven, you go and do something. Now, I think walking is great. I think, because for me, If I want to get something in and I really don't have time and I certainly don't have time at the uh, at the moment, I think, well, you know, if I long as I get the bus to that stop, I'll walk two more steps or I will walk up the stairs to my flat rather than taking the lift. And it's kind of finding that in. So we've Mm -hmm. done the walking. Can I have your views on um, let's go for a jog or run?
1: Well, I personally hate running. So <laughs> there you go. That there is go. my personal opinion on my I don't like it. But there's a lot of reasons why I don't like it. Running and jogging can be great. Um, I do feel that it's overemphasized because a lot of people tend to I, I get, get this a lot of like, well, I should just run more. And I'm thinking why, like, my question back is always Why do you think that you have to run? Well, because it's the fastest way to lose weight. And I'm, well, first of all, that's not true. Secondly, with running, uh, and I just use myself as an example, I have lots of injuries. Um, I have a herniated disc in my neck. I have a labral tear in my hip. Um, Like those things that when we get to this age, there's a lot of like chances are you broke something or you have, you know, like there's issues a lot of women in this age group are osteopenic or have osteoporosis. So having things that are um, hard on the joints on top of that can be challenging. Not to say that you can't. And if you enjoy it, like tell a runner not to run and you might as well just tell them to stop living. So it is, if it's joyful to you, then uh, keep on doing it. Like there's no, unless there's obviously a reason. But if it's something that you just don't enjoy or that you think you should do, then that is not, it's not a good reason. There's a million other ways to get your uh, cardiovascular activity in, right? So it's good for people that love it. It's not good for people that don't. <laughs> do it. Like my oh. one, so here's the th- one thing though, like my number one rule in movement is that you have to enjoy it. Otherwise you will not be able to sustain it. It's just, that is just a fact. You, cannot, you can only force yourself for so long before you stop doing something so joy has to come first and then we add things to it you can't if you know you can force yourself but you will stop you will eventually stop because you're not enjoying it and And how true
0: is that you know um, I uh, I mean I I'm the same I think I think all us fitness curies have hit 50. I think if I don't wake up with an ache I reckon I'm dead <laughs> That's what I' say now I've had I've had 13 surgeries on my left knee I've had a shoulder the shoulder done and it's kind of like well okay the knee is you know they they've said to me right no no more high intensity and I go Mm. okay so definition of high intensity so we're okay with here if I can still burpee and I can still do my 15 burpees and I still can get my knee up (laughs) it's still bending and I can still walking downhill quite quite drastically you're fine but give me a run I, I just think the knees like goes into into a spasm even thinking about it And you're right. And of course the thing that we mentioned and you did mention before, but I'm just going to pick this up now for you to do your, you you know, for you to outlay, is the importance of cortisol
1: Mm -hmm. because,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, let's throw the cortisol ball over to you.
1: Well, cortisol, as if most people know it as the stress hormone, it is the stress hormone. So it's like released by the body when there's a stressful situation, uh, like that flight uh what is it um fight no. and flight I, <laughs> that was a perimenopausal I, moment you see I like it I, I love it <laughs> I, I, I really do sometimes I have thoughts and now I've learned that they just go off in the cloud and I'm like well there it went it'll come back where it'll be a new one so I've learned to just let it go but uh yeah the fight or flight a hormone now what a lot of people don't uh correlate with that is that Physical activity is a stressor, like there's positive and negative stressors, but physical activity does put stress on the body. It does release cortisol. And uh, I also, I try to stress the, the importance of not doing a, or like that long term, long exercise for 60 minutes or 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At a, about 40 minutes, your body starts building up or like releasing cortisol. So there's like almost like a magic number when you're doing higher intensity exercises you want to keep those workouts shorter, shorter and more, more intense, really, because at four, about 40 minutes, cortisol increases. Now, that said, why is that important? Um, women, one of the biggest um, symptoms and bothers most bothersome symptoms is that belly fat. Like, why am I gaining this belly fat? I've always been thin, now I have this thing. It's been named all sorts of things. I've heard it called, you know, the belly bagel, the well, you know what? you have all the names. <laughs> um and it is because we having an exit like that imbalance between estrogen is a cortisol fighter let's just say that so they kind of like are imbalance when we're premenopausal, and then in menopause estrogen gets thrown off because we have less of it so cortisol so there's an imbalance let's say that cortisol uh there's more receptors in your belly fat and in your belly so it just it's almost like yay come in so that's where we get the belly fat from brilliant and there's There's a reason. So if you're looking to minimize cortisol, then shorter workouts are more more beneficial in that regard. And it's important to know. And again, this, this plays a role in what I said in the beginning, understanding what the hormones do and why our body has, you know, some women don't have symptoms, but most women will have some sort of symptom why it's happening. Like I think anybody that goes through menopause should have a basic understanding, not just being told of like don't do this, do that, but why is it happening? Understand there's you know four hormones that are kind of important. Learn about them, how they interact and why it's being thrown out of whack. And then things will make a lot more sense. I mean that's fantastic. I mean that literally
0: that's how I start off every one of my
1: mm-hmm. my
0: my whole concept is based on the four pillars of health exercise, nutrition, sleep and well-being. And it all comes down to understanding the why it's happening then you can go ah you can have that moment and then be able to hopefully do something about it so let's go back to the exercise i i know we're going to be for ages on this but i love this this is great it's just great to hear because sometimes when you're on your own and you you know you're like you like me you sit there and you're talking to women all the time about you know what kind of exercise you should be doing and how it works and everything but then when you hear it from another person, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I am doing that right. That's good. Um, so we've talked about So we know that running is, you know, not the ideal unless you're an you a runner. Um, we know that we know that walking absolutely is great because not only are you getting exercise, you're putting it into your day. But also we're out there and, and we're hopefully out in nature in somewhere, whether that's fields, whether it's the beach, wherever. And breathing in, breathing in, you know, we're getting in nice oxygen coming in carbon dioxide, which of course releases any kind of endorphins and starts to make us feel a little bit stressed. Uh, Sorry, de-stressed, not stressed, de-stressed. So after the walking and the running, so what are we going, what else do you reckon we should be doing to help our bodies?
1: Well, one of the most important parts, and this is at the core of everything that I do with my clients is resistance training. You, we have to include, like, it has to be included somehow. And what way that is included, there's a million ways. There's not a, you have to go to the gym or you have to own a bunch of weights or you have to, um, resistance training can come in a lot of forms, but it is incredibly essential for a lot of reasons. Metabolic reasons, there's bone health, of course, muscle. It uh, It's the only way to keep our bodies to start as we, so just a little background for, whoever doesn't know. But we do start in just age-related. This has nothing to do with menopause, but is exacerbated by menopause uh, muscle loss, right? It's sarcopenia. It is age-related muscle loss. We all start losing muscle mass at about 35. Then it starts going. Once we go through menopause, it increases. We've all heard that bone gets weaker during menopause because we're losing, uh, again, estrogen as bone protecting. So getting ahead of that train by adding resistance training to make make sure that our muscles are strong and that keeps our bones strong like those two things are some of the most important reasons you should continue or not continue if you haven't started Mm -hmm. but um start working like adding resistance training this doesn't have to be every day it doesn't have to be heavy lifting but it can be just doing some squats doing some purposeful like weighted exercises it is essential like I don't even know how to further emphasize it like if you're not doing resistance training you have to start doing it like there's no way around it like to have a complete workout routine right I I, I'm
0: with you I'm with you 100% and again um for listeners who are like oh my goodness does that mean I've got to go to the gym I'm just going to reiterate your point there because I mean how many ladies aged 40, he, well, actually, I was one of them, but who had never really been in a gym. All I was, all I was back in the day was a gym bunny, a gym bunny that went in, did classes. Um, and I loved my boxing. So that was about it, really. That was what I did. Um, so the thought of going in and doing and doing weights and was not my thing at all. So I learned, I learned, well, for, at 45, really, how to how to use weights. But you're right. You don't have to do that because, of course, we can use our, our own body weight. Mm-hmm.
1: And we can. I have a what you said earlier. I'm one of those people that had a child very late in life. I have a, a now seven year old in my house. So <laughs> as she like and some of, you know, some women in this age group have grandchildren like they You're lifting those. That's yeah. res- right there when you pick them up off the ground and you kind of throw them up and you do like why not i have puppies i use them sometimes you know some i mean i wouldn't grab a like a big uh great dane but <laughs> i have a chihuahua not too heavy um those kinds of things let's not look beyond i guess sometimes i've actually posted today on my instagram if you're not following me that's where you should go I, but <laughs> posted today about how you can find resistance training anywhere at the playground when if you're going with your kids or grandkids it's like you can use a lot of that equipment to be resist to do resistance training you can grab some of your house utensils to use as a weight way- like there's you know there's a million ways you just have to and i know that this is it can be really um um what's the word it can be intimidating yeah because you don't know, like I, we know, I love creating like things that are just very creative and fun, but I know that not everyone thinks that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's why it's important, like get follow people like myself or people, you know, that, that yeah, yeah. videos or things that are ideas on how to do it. There is ways you don't have to, because uh, uh, none of my clients go to the gym. They don't want to be in a gym setting because it's not only because it's intimidating it's boring it's sterile like they don't get um, inspired by going into a a gym like a traditional gym they want to be either in a group or they want to be by themselves they want to be outside so it's like there's alternative ways to find how to work out and even if it requires maybe hiring a fitness professional for an hour to get an idea of you know like have something created or get ideas that's where you start. Like there's a million ways, but you have to do it. Resistance training is incredibly important. I, I think, um, I
0: mean, I of course, I totally and utterly agree with you. Um, <laughs> and I can re- only reiterate two things really that one during COVID um, in, uh, this is 2019, in 2020, um, I was locked down in Spain and we couldn't get out. We, yeah. we weren't allowed any exercise or anything. And uh, myself and my partner, started this routine every morning at 10 30 so that was uh, so that was 10 30 british time but we were in spain so it was eleven thirty. 30 we would do um a facebook fitness 30 minutes workout and mm. i was just amazed at, and even now people go oh i recognize you from there i wouldn't say i was global and i can't remember the guy's name um yeah i'm going to do a you now uh the chef who he who then went on to do all the children's thing i can see his face can't remember the name um he's very important oh no it'll come to me three o'clock in the morning i'll have to come back on podcast two to do that um but basically i was going we were going in there we had such a laugh but it also gave us structure but what really amazed me was the difference we had like two sets of weights that we had got which i'd used for my clients in spain we didn't have a lot um but what really surprised me was when I came out of lockdown and I look at photographs, was the difference—the difference in the weight. Now, it wasn't so much about lifting heavy weights because um, Derek was lifting heavy; he was lifting the ones we had. So I had like I don't know four kilos—I think was max my had. Um, but of course, we combined that with, and, and this is my sort of field now is Pilates. So mm-hmm. I am a massive Pilates lover. I even if I think oh I've got to teach Pilates tonight I'll teach four times a week I teach privately I love it because of the health benefits mm-hmm. it gives you and and you know people think Pilates oh that's just like oh that's so soft it's something like yeah really you haven't done Pilates properly <laughs> and I'm sure you can <laughs> I can see yeah. you nodding there
1: well, and it is, but here it is also anyone that poo-poos on someone else's movement already doesn't deserve a voice anyway. Like it's just it is, and you know, when you talk about your stuff, it's like you can tell that you really enjoy it. And that's to to me, as I said before, it just you have to find what drives you to like that that spark. Like, how do we get that spark inside to light up? Like it doesn't, you could do you like to dance? Do you remember that you, you know, like let's you have to find what works for you. You can't follow someone else's routine. You can't follow someone else's passion. It, it's not, again, it doesn't, it's not going to work. So it requires a little bit of time of just trying to figure out what it is that you like to do. Like when I go, I go to Spain to visit my family and I'm up in a village But I, I mean, there is first, no gym, there's nothing even remotely. Like it's a tiny village on the top of a hill in the North of Spain. And okay. uh, you know, I travel with some bands, like, that's all I do, like, I have some resistance bands that I take with me, and then the rest is just figuring out how to, like, how how are we going to move, you know, like, let's try to figure it out, so, again, it's like, I use my daughter as resistance, so it works. I, <laughs> yeah. I just suddenly see this child, I have this visual, this child being thrown up in the air. I'm well, like, I, oh, I push her it up, it's yeah. a good <laughs> want.
0: My work. boys now are 20 and 16, okay, and they are are slightly yeah, big out, of, out of
1: the range. Yeah, They're
0: slightly that bit longer. But yeah. I used to do that. I used to do that with them. If, I think actually, I'm, I may have to bring this up when I see them tomorrow. But, um, I had to bring them with me. And then what they, I used to like lift them up and stretch them and we'd go over our backs and, you know, do the rocking and they yeah. could never lift me. Now the 20 <laughs> <laughs> nearly throws me into a multi somersault. He goes, oh, yeah. look, Mom. And I'm like, but you know, the wonderful is the wonderful thing is obviously if you do have children involve them you know the half thing go back to kids races go back to running races go back to pretending you've got a sack and jumping you know jump the sack race and things like that because all of this stuff is a you know the the one thing we are know obviously we're focusing on menopause but let's take it right back you know if we don't get our children moving we will have serious cases of obesity which we already do, which we already know about, particularly in the U.S. Don't want to point a finger there, but we know that there's a big issues out there. So this is a time now whereby, as you say, whether you've got had children Nate, or whether you've got grandchildren, enjoy that time and, and move with them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that can be a reason. Some people need a reason other than themselves. You know, as women, we are also taught we have that caregiver thing, right? It's like always taking care of other people comes number one. So if you can find it within yourself to make yourself a priority, then maybe having someone else be that priority to move, like being able, a lot of times, you know, I've had clients that are like, I just want to be able to move with my kids and move with my grandchildren and be there to where I can get up off the ground when I'm running around with a toddler, right? Those are are real reasons to be able, again, to include that resistance training and, and be able to be strong enough to live a vibrant and healthy life. And it doesn't have to include anything else. Also, uh, finding what what is it that motivates you? For instance, like I mentioned earlier, most of my clients like I have an outdoor group that I've been working with. That are all my friend, like family now. But for fifteen years, I've been doing this group, and they wouldn't come if it wasn't for the group. It is, you know, we it's the group environment. Do you like to be in a group? Like, is the social aspect important to you? If that is, find a group or create a group. If you need a workout buddy, grab your neighbor or your sister or your whoever, go for a walk. Like you have to, um, I think it's important to figure out what would make you motivate you to actually like get up and move. And so once you find those motivators, then I think it's easier to stick with it. And, uh, do you know, uh, buddying or
0: going with a friend, um, mm-hmm. even for me, even for me, and I, I honestly mean this, but it's about that word accountability. So, yeah. I mean, like my, my friend, I have a friend that I walk with every Thursday morning and she messaged me and I got it this morning and I, I have not walked all week because I'm so busy. I'll I put it I hate it. I loathe. I hate myself because I've not done my walking. I've not exercised. I've not even done. And I think, oh, I'll do that 30 minute video. Oh, no, oh, no, I'll just finish this. But today she, she messaged me to say, I've got COVID. And I was like, no way. And I just got myself. So, Did I go for that walk on my own? no ridiculous behavior and so that's the kind of thing so that accountability when you know I was ready to go as well it's even worse I'll just do this and then I don't do it um I'm just going to go back on one thing before we finish Because absolutely I could be talking to you for ages I know I knew this would happen but um you know we talked about um hit or Mm -hmm. short short spaced interviews or high intensity intervals perhaps you want to talk a little bit more about that and how it works and how what what we have to do
1: well, high intensity intervals are incredibly beneficial for a lot of health outcomes. Uh, again, one of the, uh, the, the concept of it is to do uh, timed intervals or like repetition based intervals, but like generally it's a timed interval that is either 20, 30 seconds and then sh- very short breaks and then consider it like back and forth, back and forth, or a series of so short bouts of energy of all out energy. Like that's kind of like what we want to be at. Um, that it's been shown to be, first of all, time efficient, right? Cause the gent to be, to tend to be 30 or 40 minutes, like maximum, when you give this out 20 minutes, could even be 20 minutes, right? A Tabata workout is 20, 20 minutes. Yep, and that's, 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> they're very efficient at a lot of things. They're efficient from a metabolic perspective. They're efficient from a time perspective. They uh, do increase the strength and they are very good for the cardiovascular system, right? Cause they build that, uh, that endurance in there as well. And so. One, one thing to be said, though, when we do those is they tend to backfire for people that have hot flashes. Um, so do you want to, when we're in menopause, um, I have found that high intensity stuff, I love high intensity intervals. I've always been that kind of like fast and furious kind of person, like give me short intervals. If you tell me to go for longer than 30 minutes, I'm already bored. So um, <laughs> well, I'm with you there. So I love it. <laughs> And I personally, I do get them. Like if I do high intensity intervals, I get immediately a hot flash currently. But I uh, I take that into account. I'm going to be hot. I'm going to get that hot flash. I'm going to continue working out. That's because the mental aspect of high intensity is so important for me. That said, um, some some women's hot flashes are so severe that you know you might want to take that into account when you're looking at the benefits versus the The cons, right? And um, that's also where I base a lot of my, how I work with clients is like taking symptoms, like what's the most bothersome symptom, right?
0: Going from
1: kind of treating that first. Also high intensity intervals can be, especially late at night, can be bad for sleep, which we already have a hard time sleeping. Most menopausal women have a hard time sleeping anyway. So those kinds of things, but from an overall general perspective on health outcomes, High intensity intervals are incredibly beneficial. And they're it's in some sort of capacity, including those uh once a week. Um, can I mean the results are real? And so, but you have to like it again. I'm a I'm I love them, and no one will tell me not to do them, but there are people that don't like them. So I think when you're looking at menopause, um, try a bunch of things out. Um, resistance training for sure, but like we talked about earlier um it comes in many forms so there's a million ways to do resistance training um and then what what symptom bothers you the most and then work kind of like figure out what is most efficient for that symptom and then kind of move on from there
0: i mean that's brilliant um brilliant advice and and we've really sort of gone through the cardio the strength and the hit all combining the three so (laughs) looking at the time now i'm like oh i better wind up really um so just as a summary three take-home tips for our listener uh in respect of exercising whilst perimenopausal
1: well number one and most importantly joy you have to move for joy like you have to because otherwise it's not sustainable um secondly resistance training is an absolute must however you include that um there's many reasons to do it so resistance training is incredibly important and uh, third, well, I mean, those are the two really big ones. Um fi- you know, you have to find things that really work for you. Like it said again, that' joy. like those are my two. I'm gonna do two because okay. it summarizes the two. like you have to have joy, yeah, and you have to include resistance training. Those two things really if important those, if you do those, you're already winning. Like it doesn't
0: really, you know, it doesn't really I, matter. Anything I else mean I like I'm with you, I would be saying. I'd probably add in trying to incorporate something into your daily ac- daily life just to sort of for sure yeah those ten thousand steps. The imaginary tends that ten thousand steps, but however, if we're, it works, <laughs> yes, it works for everybody. everybody. Yes, we could choose any number, but ten thousand is always good. Yes. Um, yeah, and, but it
1: goes into the sustainability, right? You're yeah, right. that's right. It's exactly. Incorporate movement in, in daily life is important, but I think that if you enjoy what you're doing, you're going to automatically do it like yeah. it's something that you know I'd prioritize so but right well yeah. Look, yeah
0: that's been amazing um thank you so much it's been so easy and uh loved talking to you all the way from the u.s so yeah, from little do. jersey down to the big smoke in uh, america <laughs> thank you so much
1: thank you truly for having me on
0: For more information on the topic that you've just listened to, please visit my website, www.vitality40plus.com. Thanks for listening.